Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler. And we are going to jump in this week into week two of our triple threat sermon series. We have a lot to talk about. Man, do we ever. There's a lot happening in the Word. There's a lot happening in the world. Uh-huh. And um, I think I think what I what I love about what I love about the podcast is it gives us an opportunity to have a little bit of a conversation um, and kind of talk through what we're thinking and feeling, not only as it pertains to the scripture passages that we're going through, but what is happening in the world and in our country and how one can help us maybe discern the other um, in a very timely way. Yeah. And right now I feel like, um, if I were if, if I were sitting in front of somebody right now who's having and I've had a few of these conversations in the past couple of weeks and I know you have too my of like I'm really uncertain I'm you know yeah. lots of craziness I would ask everyone right now if that's where you are or if it's where you don't want to be like you, you don't turn off but stay with us because <laughs> I feel like nothing has changed God's word remains Jesus still on the throne so if it's because we are uncertain or afraid or that's just, that means we have our eyes on the wrong thing right now. Sure. And so that's what I want to just shout from the rooftops right now is that the despair that some people are feeling, like I recognize it and I understand it. So don't, don't, don't receive this as shame. Like you're like less than because you're not, uh, but do receive it as a vitamin B12 shot of hope this week. Um, Because at the time of this recording, like literally while we're doing this, an impeachment trial is happening on uh, Capitol Hill. Yeah. Um, There is a a president about to be installed in our country. Uh, But not just here, like around the world, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Uganda's got some stuff, crazy stuff going on. Haiti, I was going to say Haiti got crazy stuff going on. That's always... Yeah, the Italian on. government uh, today has essentially fallen apart completely. I don't know if you saw that. There's some resignations. Uh, the entire inner circle of the uh, the prime minister's ministry and cabinet have all been released. Their their uh, financial um, their market had completely tanked today. Did not see that. Isn't yeah. that interesting? We're in the book of Romans because where's Rome? <laughs> yeah. Italy. Yeah. Um, Nothing new, right? There's just history repeating itself. Pretty major events happening in Italy today and this week for sure. Hmm. Uh, you know, the thing that I have uh, gotten the most from this week, and by the way, if you've sent me a link like this, I'm actually not even thinking about you. You're like, oh, he must be thinking of me right now. I'm, re- I'm actually not. Uh but the amount of forwards I've been getting in Facebook, in text message, the quote, have you seen this, you know, exclamation point right. or, yeah. or the, the good ones, exclamation point, question mark. Uh, yeah. I, the last time that I uh, can remember this kind of tension was actually back in May of yes. 2020. Um, not everybody that's listening to this is from the Nashville area, but in May, I started getting text messages from 
Um, there are busloads of Antifa people dropped off at a Spring Hill hotel was one of them. Right. Which I remember thinking, I don't think that's true because I don't think there's a hotel down where they're talking about. But anyway, uh, but it got so bad that like Franklin police actually issued a, do you remember this? Like they yeah. issued a, uh, I don't think called a warning, but a, hey, we might have uh, Antifa protesters marching through the streets, uh, but going to neighborhoods. Right. Um, and the police were putting that out there. And so I'm even thinking, oh, oh this is. Yeah, downtown Franklin uh, closed their shops early. Some of them oh, yeah, started that's boarding, right. boarding up their windows yeah. in, the fi- in uh, Five Points. So that was just six months ago or nine months ago. I don't know. Uh, that, that's kind of what it feels like right now, a little bit, where there's just lots of stuff floating around there. And I would encourage everyone who gets those to take a moment and just pray. Uh, give it back to Jesus again. Um, not get yourself too wound up over it because the fact of the matter is, um, here's what this reminds me of, Mo, was uh, one of the first times I ever went horseback riding in the Big South Fork National Park, which I'm going to do again, taking Micah with me this time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Um, We're doing a midnight ride, okay? And the thing about that is as long as the horse can see better at night than they can see at day, a lot of people don't know that. Um, we're hustling through there and I'm asking Larry McMillan, who's our guide, have you ever seen Bigfoot? Cause I think this guy has been out there. In, <laughs> right. I mean, he literally lives in the you, mountains. Yeah. Like he's a mountain, in the woods. Right, mountain dude, man. Like that guy and his dog Winchester. Perfect. Yeah. Right. will ride into like the night, like 12, 15 miles on trails into the mountains. So I'm like, if anybody's seen Bigfoot, it's Larry. I'm like, you're safe with me, man. You can tell me. And he says, and I'm going to quote him just for whatever. He goes, oh, hell, Darren, there's enough real stuff out here that'll kill you. Why do you want to make up one? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good point. So you guess hey, you've never seen Bigfoot before. But he's like, no, the, the wild boars, like that's, you'd be worried about wild boars. Be right. worried about bears, uh, the occasional mountain lion. So that you don't have to worry yourself with something that isn't even real. And I think that that is a good, uh, the, the wisdom of Larry McMillan, mountain man. Right. There's plenty of real stuff out there that could uh, derail us. Let's not make up new stuff yeah. in it. So just take a deep breath. Um, and if you want to have an off you know, night, talk about Bigfoot or whatever, like I'm happy to do that because I really do want there to be Bigfoot. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we live in America. If someone has not shot a Bigfoot and drug it out of the woods yet, there probably isn't one. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, many of these rumors right now that we're flattening around, just you know, think of them what they are and go back to God's word with it. And, you know, Mo, you were talking about even, like one of the big questions is what's true and what's not true uh, at this point. Like you're hearing a lot of that. What, what the, yeah, I've heard this and I've heard that. And you said something pretty profound about the my truth, your truth. Well, yeah, I mean, for the past however many years, especially in the past couple of years culturally the the phrase your truth and my truth have been propagated persisted in every avenue even into the church and it feels like it that that concept that uh, ideology has kind of come home to roost at this point because you have you have a couple of sides that are so 
separated and divided that each truly believes that their side is their truth. And so if everyone is allowed to have their own truth, (laughs) how do you get to the truth? And it is created an absolute mess in our society. Yeah. Cause that, I remember Josh McDowell standing on the stage of Atlanta Fest in 1995. Oh, wow. Okay. How old were you, Mo, in 1995? I was 15. Okay. Man, I'm old. So Josh McDowell standing on the stage of Atlanta Fest talking about relative truth. And I had no idea what he meant. Oh, uh, yeah. Like it was baffling to me. What do you mean? The sky is blue. That's There's no debate on that. There are certain things that are just true. And he said, there's going to come a day where you will not be able to stand on a stage like this and proclaim the gospel truth mm. because of this. And, and here we are, wow, uh, 2020, so 25 years later, and um, that is slowly beginning. To, it, 25 years ago, it didn't even seem plausible, let alone possible. And now it not only seems possible, it's plausible and is happening in many places. And when I think about that question of what is truth, is what Pilate asked Jesus, right? In John chapter 18, verse 38, you know, what is truth? Quid es veritas is the mm. Latin for that, for all you Latin people out there. Um it's the idea in the Latin and in, uh, in Greek was that uh, truth is hard to understand, that it's hard to know. Um, and it's not that it's not uh, possible, but today it's like they're saying it's impossible to know. Pilate wasn't saying it's impossible. And I think that for us right now, um, we should be well aware that the main cultural part of us that said this is that there is no such thing as truth. It's my truth. It's your truth. You know, Oprah sitting on a couch with Rob Bell. And what is your truth? Um, the people now are saying, okay, actually, there must be truth. There is truth. And if you're the uh, CEO of Facebook, the CEO of Google, of Twitter, or of Amazon, we are now the arbiters of what is true and what is not true. Correct. Which is why I feel like this entire thing has completely backfired. It is boomeranged back to where they spent all of this time trying to erase the lines so that we each have our own truths. It is boomeranged all the way back to where now they are drawing hard lines and the cancel culture is canceling the one that they believe is untrue Mm -hmm. while touting that we all should have our own truth. And it's, it's, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. And we're, we're here and, um, it's, it's a mess, and it's, it's exacerbated over just the past week. Just in one week's time, a week ago, we weren't having any conversations about big tech censoring uh, anything, but you know, the president or anyone else. Like There wasn't any conversations of that, really. And in fact, we were asking the questions why some of that wasn't happening maybe nine months ago when some of these riots were happening uh, across big cities over the summer. Um, but in one week's time, there's been fuel on poured on this fire. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's accelerating yeah. every day. And I would say for us, 
like if you're listening to this, you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a part of Conduit Church family, okay, what we've got to do, what we get to do, right, is to be this island of truth. Um, and the way that that's going to happen is that there are going to be times when things are going to look kind of fuzzy, like on the, on the ground level. Um, when the, the attacks on the Capitol happened, there was an initial thought, uh, hey, there were, these were Antifa people disguised as uh, Trump people. Um, it took about a day before they start finding these guys, uh, start finding who they are. And I, there's no question in my mind, when you read their, their backgrounds, whatever, these were not Antifa people. These were Trump supporters who were deeply disturbed individuals who have, uh, did terrible things. And I, I, whatever their intentions were, they weren't good. And they're not godly and they weren't Jesus-like. But the thing is, is that we, if you rush quickly into a discussion like that, you could lose credibility because you go in there and say, this is what happened. But then you find out 24 hours later, but now you're kind of committed to your narrative. Right. It's, it's like, did they have fog in Ohio? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, we're, Ohio was not impervious to fog. fog right. <laughs> so, okay, how do you, uh, it seems like Tennessee there's more fog. Yeah, there is, there's definitely more, more fog in Tennessee, that's for sure. Right. But it's, it's, it's this phrase that I've been using a lot lately to help, to help squelch a lot of worry and confusion and fear. And it's just folks recognizing that there's a lot of fog of war. We are in the fog of war. You know, you watch my favorite movie of all time, by the way. Uh, coincidentally or not, I have no idea. But my favorite movie of all time is the Mel Gibson's The Patriot. I didn't know that. I love that movie. I can huh. quote the entire thing from start to finish. And we watch it almost every July 4th. It's just a habit, and I love that movie. But it's it's a reminder that, you know, when they're when, on the battlefield and the guns are blazing and things are happening and the horses are flying... It's it, the smoke and the fog. It's confusing. You don't know where things are coming from, who did what, who's on what team, what side. And I feel like right now, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, the info war that's going on is we're in the fog of war and it can be really, really confusing. And so I kind of liken it to when, when you're driving your car. This morning, actually, I think it was pretty foggy. Maybe it was yesterday morning. It was really foggy outside. Uh, we got some snow and some ice and some fog. And you have to remember when you're driving in the fog, you have to slow down. Yeah. I mean, you have to drive slower. You're not driving fast and taking chances in the fog. Uh, you slow down. Um, you turn on your high beams, you turn on the light and, and you, you try to follow the, the lines on the road, uh, to help keep you, uh, on the path. Yeah. Yeah, when you slow down, because the thing is, is if you, where we get confused, I think, is you're trying to see something you actually can't see because it's in the fog. Yeah. But what you can see because you've got the light on are the lines of the road. That's what my grandpa taught me. Like when you're driving right. in fog, just keep it between the lines. Yeah. Don't drive like you're not in the fog because that's how you wrap yourself around a tree or, you know, get acquainted with a deer that is now and, in your and- hood find yourself in a ditch pretty yeah. quick. And, and I, I just caution a lot of, a lot of the folks that are trying to figure things out. It's don't be so quick to, to find yourself in a ditch and, uh, trying to gun, gun it out of it, you know, by just slamming on the gas to try to pull yourself out or go on to the next ditch. Um, but to take things slow. Yeah. Take things slow. 
yeah, tap the brakes, man. Take tap a breath. Go slow. You're uh, one of my foggiest drives that I can remember was coming home from a new song concert in Joplin, Missouri, in 1998. <laughs> oh man! And I was with Roy Morgan. Remember Roy? I know Roy I very well. Roy. Yeah, Roy. He, Roy has since become like a titan of the concert industry. Yes. Uh, but Roy, uh, well, then back then he was still a big promoter. But Roy was cheap. He didn't want to, so he didn't want to rent a car. So he jumped in my, I think I had a Saturn or a God only knows, some cheapo car, uh, and hitched a ride with me to uh, from Joplin to Tulsa. And it was the foggiest. I mean, it was crazy how foggy it was. Yeah. He was nervous. I was nervous. But what happened, you know, is that I remember grandpa's words. I just slowed down. I can't see what's in the fog. I can only see what's in front of the fog. Yeah. And what's in front of the fog are the two lines. And keep it between the lines. And for us right now, golly if we could just slow down it's the information part of the information war is that it's like just coming at you so quickly mm-hmm. that you know the thing that you're outraged about today is gone tomorrow right i mean dear lord we had a bomb go off in nashville two weeks ago yeah and who's talking about that today because it's some new crisis that's come up in front of us and that's i don't know that feels like a trap of the enemy to me and if we want to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, tap the brakes. Don't rush into this. Don't, don't do this. Don't go immediately to Facebook and share this thing that you've just got from whatever prophet just landed in your inbox. Right. Take a day, man. It's like a day. It's like 24 hours. Take two days. Yeah. And go to the Word, the lines, right? Keep it between the lines. Uh, the Word of God is going to keep you straight and narrow. And why are we talking about this like right now? Because... This triple threat series that we're in, these spiritual gifts from Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, every single list, all three of these, all say they're for the same reason, and that's for us to act as a body. And a body acts in unity. And when you go to the Ephesians 4, um, which we're actually going to be in February, we're going to be talking about these four or five ministries, uh, these five gifts of Ephesians 4. But look what it says the reason for these gifts are. Uh, verse, so Ephesians 4, verse, let's do 11. So Christ himself, verse 11, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, okay, five of them, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, and here's the word, until we all reach unity in the faith, not unity in our political leanings or unity in whoever's president, but unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, which honestly, for the last few years, I thought that was the main thing we were trying to do, which is there's all kinds of new doctrines floating around there, all kinds of new teaching. But it also says, and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. When those five ministry gifts are in working order in our lives, when the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, when the gifts of Romans 12, the ultimate idea is that we're all going to be him uh, in the head. We're going to be the body of Christ. When he says we're going to grow into that, the respect, mature body of him who is the head, we're the body of Christ. That's what unity means. 
And good Lord, I mean, there's definitely, we could spend 15 episodes talking about all the false doctrine that's been floating around. Progressive Christianity, yeah. this stuff that uh, Richard Rohr, Rob Bell, things that have been taught that are clearly another gospel. But right now what we're getting hammered with is the cunning craftiness of people in their defeatful, deceitful scheming. Which why is it's it's amazing to me um, how powerful the word of God is because Paul felt it appropriate to write that a couple thousand years ago. Right. Like whatever was going on, and we know a little bit of what was going on. He gives some references. But that he would use that kind of language to help give clarity uh, to those reading it in the church. Fast forward a couple thousand years and it couldn't be any more appropriate for today. Right in front of us. For today, right now. And I just love the power that comes from that. And the truth, I mean, the truth, I mean, you're looking for truth. There it is. That's, that should be an anchor for us, a reminder for us. Yeah, because what we, um, what's flying in our face right now is information. Like knowledge is flying at us, but trying to figure out like what is and what isn't true. Like that's really the, uh, the, the job of a believer. In fact, I would go so far as to say not just a believer, but a mature believer. And it's the sign that you're being matured is your ability to discern between what is true and what is not true. Um, when I think through uh, like the purposes of these gifts, um, if we go back to Romans 12, where we started, uh, what we need right now in our world is people willing to speak the truth, okay? People who are bold, people who are uh, visionaries. Romans 12, verse Five, the, yeah. the, the gift of prophecy of Romans 12 is different than Ephesians 4 or 1 Corinthians 12. That one in Romans 12 is just the, the person that just speaks without even, you don't know, like you're not wondering what they're thinking because they just said it. And we need people like that now speaking up. Do all of us need to speak up? Absolutely. But there are gifts of Romans 12 that are more wired toward that. Um, if you are an imparter, if you're a collaborator, those other gifts in there, that might not be your thing. And that's actually okay. So you don't need to feel guilt or shame yeah. around that because you're not speaking up. But the one that like in our world, we talk about Dave Ramsey, for sure, a guy that has that gift of, you know, when, when a guy can sit on the radio for two and a half hours like he does every day and just talk like that, that's a visionary all day long. Confidence and passion. Yeah. And Speaking the truth. And uh, (laughs) if you've been around Nashville for any length of time, you know that Dave Ramsey, when he speaks truth, gets himself in trouble. Uh, And by trouble, I mean people get mad at him. (laughs) It doesn't mean what he said isn't true. It just means, for the most part, it just means they didn't like it. Yeah. Um, And so we need people like that. But we also need in this day and age uh, those with the gift of teaching, the the, the discerner. Because if you're a, a guy that's a visionary or girl visionary, I know a couple people like that. They're speaking what they call truth, uh, and it's not true. But they're speaking it boldly and confidently (laughs) and with as much confidence. Uh, So we need people with the gift of teaching around them to, hey, that's not quite right. Like, let's say it this way, or let's, you know, to keep us all home. These All these seven gifts come together to make the perfect Jesus response to whatever. And that includes the the world that we're in uh, right now. 
Uh, and I would think that if, uh, if your gift is like the gift of giving, which we call the imparter, you love peace. And this day and age is probably a, your nightmare because it's conflict everywhere. It's so funny. I was actually talking to someone who, uh, who would say that they're an imparter. Um, and that is exactly what they said. Yeah. They don't want to have any, they don't want to know anything that's going on outside of their world. It's too confusing. It's, it's too, uh, it brings too much stress and anxiety. They just want to be available to, uh, to just for one-on-one relationships, grab coffee, um, you know, spend time together, go on a walk and just spend time together. They, I mean, and they said the phrase, I would rather just stick my head in the sand and not worry about it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my word, that is exact. I would expect kind of nothing less uh, uh-huh. than that uh, from that particular person. But but they're great in one-on-one relationships mm-hmm. and you go to them for a refuge from the storm and they kind of breathe some life back into you. Yeah, and that is like right now in a, in a world where we got like conflict everywhere around us, like having people that bring peace, that are Safe peace, harbors. <laughs> that bring peace into it. Yeah. We need that. We need the body of Christ. We need all seven of these Roman 12 gifts operating. Man, the gift of mercy, right? the responder. There are people who are, uh, we've experienced it this year, people at the church who, um, because they've stayed home, uh, they're, they're not really connected to us right now. Um, and we're having a hard enough time to connect with the people that are here trying to, like, can I just say that? Like, we're trying. Like, we really are. Yeah. There's 800 and some odd people that call conduit their home church, and there are going to be those that we just just haven't. It, it, maybe it is our, you know, it's certainly not our intention, but it might be that we're not doing it right. We, we could do it better. But what we need is a lot of the responders leaning forward into this. Yeah. Because if somebody just senses it like a hound dog, that you can sense somebody who is marginalized, you can sense somebody on the outside. It's right. our responder friends, like the gift of mercy. Do you remember when we had that meeting back in uh, March when we declared the war room? Mm-hmm. And David Christopher and David Shindell, you and I are talking like strategy and we're going to do this. We've got to get them a list. And they're like, but what about the people that aren't in the database? And I'm right. thinking, well, we don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> right. ain't nobody got time for that. But they were right because yeah. there were people who would slip between the cracks otherwise. And we needed that gift That's right. being brought forward. And I guess, I don't know, maybe what I'm trying to say, Mo, is that what people really need is a church. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you need a church of Jesus people. And, I, and maybe that's in your home because you don't feel safe yet to be in a, in a large group. But man, find yourself a church and find yourself a place where people are speaking truth in love, Ephesians 4. Not that are getting you wound up. If you, Let me put it this way. If you leave the conversation feeling more anxious and afraid and depressed, uh, that might not be the right gift right now that might not be where you need to be mm-hmm. what we what i need what everybody is other brothers and sisters speaking truth and love to me my permission to do the same with them and i really believe like i just at a time in the late 60s and early 70s the jesus movement movement was born in uh, and he, believe it or not, Micah, I wasn't even born yet by that point. Um, <laughs> but when you talk to people that were from that world, uh, Skip Heitzig, John Corson, oh, yeah. Bob Caldwell, West Coast hippies, Jesus movement people, they'll tell you that what happened in their life was there were all these promises that the sexual revolution made for them. 
if you do this, you'll be happy. Uh, it, it was all, and what they found out after you know a good half a decade of LSD, mind-altering drugs, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, disappointing sexual encounters, that it didn't keep the promise of it. And the Jesus movement was born out of that, finally coming to the end of themselves. Now, in our modern world, it's the truth revolution that's not paying off. Again, if you're a liberal right now and you're out there saying, okay, well, I guess there was something that was true after all. <laughs> like, I guess we do need to figure out what's true and what's not. The people in the tech companies, whatever, they're going to say what's true and what's not true. They're not basing it on anything other than their instinct or their political leanings or their mm-hmm. uh, philosophy. What we can be as a church, whether it's here, whether it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or whether it's in Jakarta, Indonesia, is when the bills come due on the, on the truth revolution to be that island of truth that they can swim to. I hope if anybody says anything about conduit, and they, obviously they do, uh, that, that there could be some sort of a truth in that, that we at least wanted what was true. And that if they, you know, and it's, if you think back on it, there were people back in early March, April, May that were questioning, maybe would be the word, uh, our sure. decisions. Um, that have later come back around and said, you know, they, they feel better about it now. Yeah. They just needed that time. Uh, we need to be that for those around us. If we start shaming people because they're not on the same page as us, if we start saying, uh, especially using a lot of the language from the left right now, which is very shaming language, mm-hmm. we start using that, then they're not going to feel safe to come back to us, that you have to come back to us begging and crawling and uh, not only just repenting, but paying off your sins. Like none of that is the gospel. The gospel is, are you done now? Are you ready to come home, son? <laughs> are you ready? If you've come to the end of yourself, yeah. I want to be that for our, our community, for, uh, for the youth, for the old people that are just looking for truth. And that is not, we can't use that kind of language. And if you're, man, I'm begging you, especially if you're part of the Conduit Church family, use your social media time wisely. Uh, don't join the riot either side. Join the revolution of truth, of, of truth and love that it, that it speaks of for us. I think something that kind of goes along with that is spending time with information that transforms mm. more so than information that just informs. Yeah, that's good. Somebody better write that down. That was good. <laughs> That'll preach. Information that transforms, that that compels you that um, that you know causes a revolution in your heart, and most of the things that most of the information that transforms, honestly, is uh, scripture <laughs> and through song um, and spending time with the Lord and having Him download some information into your heart through the Holy Spirit uh, that will transform you, versus information from your favorite social media site or website or YouTube channel that just gives you information that may or may not be accurate. Um, but truly spending time finding, digging in and consuming information that can transform you. Yeah, that's actually really good because I think to a lot of the, the stuff that has been forwarded to me and the information I'm getting isn't necessarily information that's going to transform me. Uh, it's information that's meant to scare me, uh, information that's meant to make me angry. Um, and just being able to go back to the word of God first before I ever even respond to that 
because we do have to respond in some way, meaning not we have to respond to someone sending us a message, but you know, if whatever, if the electric grid is cut off, all those scary things that people think about, like that, it's not bad to be prepared. I, I hope you don't hear me say that. Right. Um, but the word of God takes us back to where the fact that whatever happens in these in these days, weeks, months, years ahead, uh, that it is going to be okay. Well, it's a reminder from straight out of Romans that we're talking about. Romans 12, same chapter. Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, mm. but be transformed in the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. Right out of the chapter that we're studying, just a few verses earlier, is a reminder to be transformed. And it's timeless transformation, like the idea there of even discerning. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been so complicated in our world just the last few years, but especially the last year, is that all this information flies at you. And how do I know what's true or not? And to be able to discern between the two. And some of it is from us being able to say, well, first of all, just to, when, when Jesus said, be wise as a, uh, as a serpent, to, to know that, Hey, the, the media site that you're on right now, um, whether it's conservative or whether it's liberal, is getting paid because you just clicked on that link. Mm-hmm. Uh, the olden days, they only got paid because Walter Cronkite read the news and then they would go to a commercial break and uh, you know Clorox or Ajax or whatever would write a check and that's how they got paid. But now if you're an advertiser... You're smart enough to say, well, if nobody's going to be watching this, then I ain't going to pay you for it because now you know whether somebody watched it or not. And so the business people in charge of these media organizations, and I don't think these are necessarily nefarious, weird, you know, Dr. Evil businessmen. They're just trying to make payroll. But their payroll only gets made if they get the clicks. And they have learned that the way, the reason that you're going to click is if you're angry, if you're scared, right? If you're glad, but that's hardly enough. Like the numbers are out there. They know, like they know what makes you click. Making you happy doesn't make them click. And this is important. What's true doesn't make them click. What makes you angry or sad? So it may be true or may not be. That's not the point. The point is what is going to make you angry. And so when you look back to even the last six months, a liberal or progressive uh, piece back in May would have talked about these as protests, um, as uh, patriots or we're rising up, whatever. And the conservative ones would have said they're rioters, uh, mobs, they would have used that language. And now the last week or two, you've seen the exact flip. Conservative magazines are referring to them as protests uh, and the liberal ones are, these are riots and mobs and insurrections. Now, those are adjectives, those are descriptors. Um, and they're 100%. The reason they are the way they are is that the, the liberal people know who's going to get them to click on theirs and the conservative people know what's going to get them to click on theirs. And neither one of them are really factoring truth as a forward uh, part of that equation, which is why Mitch McConnell, uh, a senator, he said this in a, in a quote uh, as far as the, the situation that we're feeling in America right now. He said that, We're drifting apart into two separate tribes. 
with a separate sea of facts and separate realities, with nothing in common except our hostility towards each other and mistrust for the few national institutions that we all still share. That's what America has in common right now. If we are the church of Jesus Christ, that cannot be what we have in common with each other. It ought not to be that way. That's not the way that Jesus... And the reason mostly is that this all these are all temporal institutions. Yeah. You know, are there are there ways that each one of them, you know, have benefits and negatives? All absolutely. But that these, you know, the one thing that is that history has taught us is that uh, you know, kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. I would also say that Mitch isn't helping the situation at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know much about him um, aside, you know, from his position and in a very relevant quote. Um, he is not helping the situation at all, um, and I really won't, don't want to get into well, his allegiances. But well, but I would, but here's isn't that the thing though, Mo? Like they all have that. I mean, can, is yeah. anybody being helpful? And here's and here's what's going to get really complicated. So, for, fourteen to fifteen of Biden's cabinet selections, which he has a bunch. I mean, obviously every president has handfuls and handfuls of positions that they have to fill. Fourteen to fifteen of those so far are all current or former big tech employees from Facebook, Google, Twitter, Instagram, Silicon Valley, Amazon, etc. That's could be and should be a problem. Yeah. I guess but I, maybe that's what it's there is an irony in someone like uh, Senator McConnell saying this when the entire political uh, basis is that as well. I mean, you could listen to the impeachment hearings this afternoon and you you don't even have to wonder whether that person was a Republican or a Democrat by what they were saying, because you would be able to know by what, you know, I know what they're saying. I know that's got to be a Democrat. I know that's a Republican. That's got to be a Republican, each with their own set of facts. And if that is our hope right now, we are uh, doomed. <laughs> but it's not. I, that's what's so hopeful. I, I don't. Look, I don't know what the future of the United States is. And by the way, nobody does. Um, it's probably important to say that right now, that if you're listening to someone who says that I'm a prophet, okay, and we'll get to that in a couple of weeks, whatever, when we get to Ephesians 4. But when, you, uh, when your website says you're a prophet, when your Facebook page says I'm a prophet, and then you start saying, and martial law will be here in the next two days, whatever, you know, I, <sighs> There is no record to my knowledge in any, I know 100% in the New Testament, but I don't even know of anybody in the Old Testament of a, of a record of a prophet that said uh, in the next two weeks, there's going to, this is going to happen, or this one's going to be the president, or like there's no naming of names. or So even the people right now that are saying, well, the prophet's saying that uh, Trump is still going to be inaugurated in two weeks, I would be super careful listening to something like that because... If it's new, it's not true. And I don't see any record anywhere in the scripture of that being the office of a prophet or the job of a prophet. Uh, you know, look, I may be wrong. Uh, you, as best I can tell, you got a 50-50 shot of who's going to be president in two weeks as far as it's going to be one or the other. Well, two weeks, it's uh, six days. Six days, oh man. <laughs> um, but I would say that don't, you know, that can't be your voice of hope either. Like it can't be your voice... Uh, and, and I say that because I don't mean to like degrade or, de you know, whatever anybody, but for the most part, the ones that have been forwarded to me are people that you go to their website and you think, would I trust this guy in any other part of my life? I don't know him. Um, he's got profit all over his website, profit all over his Facebook page. 
uh, I don't know that I'd trust this guy, and I sure wouldn't like plan my life around it. I would plan my life around the Word of God, and the Word of God would say, hey, whoever's president in two weeks, Jesus is still Lord. Whoever is president in Uganda in two weeks, uh, it, Jesus is still Lord. Um, and what does it look like to live in a world where whoever is president, that Jesus is Lord, which is the book of Romans, like at its core. That... Um, the idea that there were two choices when Paul wrote the book of Romans, it was uh, Britannica or it was Nero. I mean, who do you choose for? Who do you, who do you cheer for in that world, in that environment? And the answer is you cheer for Jesus. That's what Paul was saying. And will there be repercussions of whoever is uh, the president uh, in, in six days? Absolutely. Whoever it is, there are going to be repercussions. There've been repercussions for every president that have ever been in our lives. And, what I know is that Jesus is Lord, and whatever happens in the next six days, in the next six years, uh, in the next six decades, should Jesus tarry, that Jesus is still Lord. Whoever, whatever America looks like in six decades, Jesus is still Lord. The question, I guess, for us, Mo, um, the spiritual gifts are here in front of us, right? These mm-hmm. seven gifts. Mo is the guardian. Uh, Mo is all into he's reading he's learning he's he's anticipating that's a gift that is a gift for us there's no shame in that at all uh discerner that i'm at like i'm the one that's trying to just understand i just want to make it make sense right yeah um what does that look like like i don't know like practically speaking um well practically speaking right now like i said we're I, i do believe we're in an information war and so um part of being ready for battle in in that regard, um, and I'll preface this by saying I, I've I have been inundated with uh, <laughs> texts and phone calls on the daily over the past couple of weeks, and obviously ramping up this past week uh, from folks just asking, you know, what is happening? What you know? What can I do? What should I do? What is this true? Kind of like we've been talking about, but one of the things that I've tried to remind folks is to not default to whatever it is you're listening to um, and hearing, uh, don't default to that it's true, but rather asking the question, asking the question, is it true? Um, And we talked a little bit about that a second ago, but that's like a real practical thing. Like, okay, whenever you hear something, just don't assume that it's correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Establish enough different data points to, to allow you to draw the picture. Do you remember when you were a kid, um, you would have those little drawings kind of by number and it had all the little dots. It was like mm-hmm. picture, picture by dots, you know, and you would, uh, you know, draw from number one to two and three and then four or whatever it was. And then eventually you get to the end of it and it has a full picture. I, I, I kind of feel like we're there um, in making sure you have enough data points put together that the picture starts to make sense. Hmm. And to not just rely on the very first thing that you hear um that that would be that would be kind of the the primary thing primary practical exercise right now um and learning to respond and not react um there is a difference and i think Hmm. there's um i think we can learn a lot from that not just reacting to every single thing that's being said or or every single thing that we hear but to learn to respond and i think it's kind of the difference between uh, knowledge and wisdom. We talked a little bit about that just a minute ago too, but um, learning to respond to situations, usually 
um, is not a knee jerk. You know, it's it's taking a breath, observing, and then forming a response um, versus just a, a reaction to whatever it is. There is a lot of information. There is a lot of there are a lot of events happening seemingly on the hour. Um, but if we were to slow down and zoom out, I think that's the biggest thing that I, I think I've been talking about on these podcasts for the past several weeks, maybe even months, is to zoom out and see the big picture. When you're so when you're so zoomed in, all you can see is literally what is right in front of your face. Um, and usually, if you have if you hold something up to the end of your nose, you really can't make it out. It's fuzzy. Uh, it's hard to tell what exactly it is, but when you zoom out and you keep zooming out and you zoom all the way out, especially those in the body of Christ, you zoom all the way out. You can see the big picture that the scripture paints and that the Lord tells us, and we can find hope in that. And we don't have to be confused. We can find clarity. Yeah, I would, man, it's so good because that's, the zoom out, I guess that's the, like, the fog feels like I can't do that right now because it's, uh, I'm looking at it from what's right in front of me. Yeah. But the zoom out is what's over the fog. Cause what all the fog is, is a bunch of clouds that fell on the earth. I remember the first time that I ever flew cross country. Well, actually the first time I ever flew, which if I'm being honest, wasn't until I was in my twenties, a little, <laughs> if you didn't know that. I did uh, not. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really have the opportunity to fly until I was in my twenties, but, uh, the first time I ever flew, it was a cloud. It was rainy, stormy, nasty day, which, you know, I kind of have a fear of flying. I'll admit it. Uh, probably a big shocker to no one. (laughs) Um, and so it's, you know, this storming and raining and was flying to Orlando and I I just remember (laughs) climbing, you know, climbing, 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 you poke through the clouds and above the clouds was the sun and blue sky and it was just this light bulb moment for me um in in the in the actual Mm -hmm. but also in uh in the spiritual like wow like it is the big picture and above the clouds the sun is shining yeah um and I'll, i'll never forget that but it's a it's a it can it can be a daily reminder yeah like to remind ourselves that above all of this like the sun reigns. Still shining. Shining. Yeah, yeah and that's... Uh, we're looking at the myopic version of it. And of course, faith is trusting that whatever... I'm, I'm going to keep it between the lines. Yeah. The simplicity of the gospel, even though I don't know what's ahead, and trusting that whoever is overhead is can see where we're going and knows what we're... And that's literally faith, is trusting that Jesus is in that. It, what you said reminded me of there was an astronaut named Terry, I think it's pronounced Verts, V I R T S, who was uh, spent like 200 days in space. And in an interview, he was talking about how he traveled a lot before he went into space. And whenever he would come back into the United States, he, he, and I've recognized this feeling the feeling of we've just touched down in LaGuardia or wherever, of I'm home. I'm home in America. And he said that the thing that 200 days in space did to him was now wherever he lands, it's home. Because there is Earth is home. Right. Right? It's not just the United States. It's the world. Yeah. And 
I thought, man, that's such a great perspective. And it's the perspective of Jesus, which is he doesn't look down and even just see our little dilemma here in the United States because we could get so myopic and think that we're the, ours is the, the problem, mm-hmm. the only problem. And Jesus is looking and seeing the problems in Southeast Asia in the brick kilns. He's seeing the problems of what's happening. And he's coming to restore all of it, not just this one. And so in the same way that I think we can't get focused on just our thing, it allows us then to be globally focused on his thing, which is that he's coming to restore all things, all of them, all over the world. And we get to be a part of that here in our country and around the world Uh, One of the things that has absolutely given me clarity in these past few years, but especially this last year, you know, you hear a lot of talk about privilege. Um, We have a Western privilege. I know there's debate over white privilege, this privilege, that privilege. But man, I'll tell you what we have is Western privilege. And that is that we look at our problems and think ours is the only one that matters. So what's happened, for instance, with the social media networks right now, we're going to shut down specific points of view they take that policy and throw it on top of Uganda. Right. And what does the Ugandan president say? Because what they did is they went into Uganda and said, okay, well, we're going to shut the opposition down because they may or may not be telling the truth. Uh, Uganda's in the middle of an election cycle. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Okay, that's absolutely true. Uh, so the guys that were speaking um, actually in favor of the president, I think is what it was, they shut them down because they weren't speaking the truth. And what did the president of Uganda do? He shut the whole freaking thing down. <laughs> like, we'll shut down Facebook, Twitter, the whole thing. Yeah. Because he can. And the point is, is that with that privileged view, we just they thought, well, I'm sure we can just do this everywhere. We'll just go take this over. And did you see Twitter's response to that? Yes. Yes. The Twitter's response to the Ugandan president shutting down, well, Twitter and Facebook, was that is was that that the <laughs> The president of Uganda is now violating basic human rights. Yeah, by silencing. And here's what's happening. I'll tell you what they're about to do is they're about to get this guy reelected. Okay. Sure. Because he can shut it down if he wants to. And so they didn't just shut down his voice. They shut down everybody's voice. Mm. And that's the logical conclusion of this. And so that's the negative connotation. But the positive, the Jesus connotation is, man, there are people who love the Lord in Uganda who, with or without Facebook or Twitter, they're there. Whatever's going to happen, they're there. Our commitment will never end there. Our commitment right. in South Asia will never end. We're going to continue to take ground for the kingdom of God because as voices are silenced, that, that one thing is for sure, there's going to be some crazy stuff, but that means there's going to be some people who are just really hurting and really need Jesus in a brand new and fresh way here in our country and around the world. So just like Terry Vert's got a, a worldview from being in space for 200 days, spend 200 days in the Bible uh, and get a worldview of what Jesus wants to do here uh, and not just the United States. Yeah, and I would I would encourage you. We talked about this a couple months ago, um, but, you know, the Great Reset, okay? Um, again, we, we've talked about this a, l- a little bit, maybe a lot. But that is, that language is... It's coming right back. Like we're, if you maybe haven't heard in a couple weeks, it's because of the holidays and you know the election. But I'm I'm willing I'm willing to I'm willing to bet. <laughs> I'm not a betting guy, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet that you're going to hear a lot of that in the coming months. Um, and every time that you do, and every time you hear the Great Reset, 
I would ask that you replace that in your heart and mind with the great restoration hmm, that's good. Um, that is coming, that the, that the Lord, the King, uh, will restore this as much as uh, the world globalists want to, Satan, I don't know, wants to reset this and claim it as their own in doing it in their way. Uh, the Lord will restore all of this to its original intent. Yeah. And so I, that would just be one little tidbit that I would lay out there that every time you hear the great reset or the word reset, whether it's our economy, our, our banking, um, just anything that is uh, related to this, this concept that is uh, permeating everywhere of the great reset. Every time you hear reset, just think, okay, replace that with the restoration that the Lord's going to bring. Yeah. And I was um, just, when you go into back to Romans, these seven gifts, right after he says these seven gifts. So first of all, verses one through three, be transformed, offer your life. uh, And then you'll know his will for your life. Verse three, and his will for your life are these these seven gifts, because his will then for me is to be this discerner, to go and to move amongst the world as who I am created to be by God, freed and healed by the Holy Spirit. And then what do we do with those gifts? Verse nine, love must be sincere. Romans 12, verse nine, hate what is evil. People murdering people, people desecrating. And uh, like when you saw, I saw the, the people on the, the Capitol steps beating a policeman with a, an American flag. That's evil. And I hate that. Cling to what is good. Uh, what is good right now? Uh, we have good things in our lives. You've got your children. You've got your spouse. You've got your family, your church, your, your, your home, whatever. Like, cling to those things that are good in your life. Be devoted to one another in love. And boy, do we need that right now. Um, a lot of that right now. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. This is what we're doing with these seven gifts. We're moving. I'm going to do it with, through my lens. You're doing it through yours. And together, this is what the body of Christ does. And back in March when we went online, we spent like five weeks, I think, like on just these next few verses. Verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. That's if you're, I mean, Paul is writing to a church that is literally under Caesar Nero, who was actually insane. Uh, I don't think it's happened yet by AD 57, but by now he's done some crazy stuff. And by now he's even talking to a Rome that had already evicted and exiled the Jewish people for eight years, and they're coming home now. And he's saying to them, verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. There's a lot of rejoicing. There's a lot of mourning in our world. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This list goes on of what it is that we get to do as a church. That is our... It's like almost like if you're looking for a... a, Here's what our church should be doing, could be doing, ought to be doing. Just go through this list. Right. You know, do not take revenge, verse 19, my dear friends. Listen to that. Do not take revenge... If you feel that you have been wronged and you're burning down a building, okay, you're taking revenge. So don't do that. If you're Jesus people, leave room for God's wrath in that. Because ultimately, that's what we're saying. If someone's doing that, they're actually saying, I don't trust that God could take care of this, so I'm going to take care mm-hmm. of it. The power of the gospel 
is that I trust that he is forgiving me for uh, in Christ. That's And if I had rejected him, then God will take care of that. Whatever's happening at the Capitol, whatever's happened in our country's history, we have to trust that God can take care of that. And our job in the meantime is all of these, this whole, it's, there's plenty to keep us busy here, by the way, plenty to keep us busy. And as a church in these days, weeks ahead, uh, I, I shared a little bit last night in our private Facebook group that, I mean, we just wired or in the process of wiring right now, well over a hundred thousand dollars, probably $150,000 to build new schools, to build yeah. new churches, drill more wells, um, Plenty just, of work to be done. Yeah. While we're sitting here, I just texted uh, our friends who are working in Southeast Asia that we're going to send another $30,000 this week to free more families because they've already freed the ones we've sent with the last $30,000. Yeah. I'm okay to grow old like that. Right. You know, whatever yeah. hell is falling around us, we are a literal heaven on earth in this place right now. So, Mo, what are your, uh, what are your parting thoughts for us? Continue to zoom out. Uh, and it was something I used to say all the time uh, to my artists when I was an artist manager was that I would uh, try to keep one eye in the microscope and one eye in the telescope at all times <laughs> yeah, that's to try to uh, to understand what was happening on the ground up close, you know, ground level simultaneously uh, with an eye on the big picture. And it can be hard to do, but it takes some practice. It takes some diligence and some discipline. And I would encourage our listeners to do that. Um, don't just settle into one or the other. If, you, if you're living in the clouds all day long in the big picture, you're probably missing opportunities to serve those that are closest around you that may need you, may need your gift. Um, and the opposite is true. If you're zoomed in all the time, you're missing the big picture and you can get consumed by that. So discipline to to do both yeah. would be the encouragement yeah i think that's great because that's you know to me the eye on the mic what's actually maybe this is both the eye on the microscope and the telescope actually is the word of god right because then you get to mm -hmm. see what's right in front of you but also see the big picture happening uh down the road in front of you and if that's not a discipline in your life right now a daily interaction with the word of god a daily uh just feast on, on the word um I've joked about it before, but I literally, my wife right now, I can't go anywhere in the house, especially in the morning. I know that she's up already because I'll hear that British guy's voice reading the Bible. It's got to be British. Oh, it's very British. Yeah. And I guess the Bible sounds better. It sounds better. It's a little more believable. Yeah, like Sean Connery <laughs> reading the Bible to your wife. But I don't know, man. It just, it's, this, it's this living, this active thing that God is doing. Let it be uh, in your life like that. Um, and keeping your eye on Christ. Uh, people say that uh, wine gets better with age. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I have because I've said it. And I learned a couple weeks ago that's actually not true. Wine is alive. It's got oxygen in it. It's growing. It's, it's a living beverage. Oh, interesting. Right? And so the moment is really about opening it up at the right moment where the maximum life is in the wine. Hmm. And I was like, man, no wonder, Jesus, of all the things that Jesus could have said, he holds up this glass of wine, not grape juice, but wine, and says, this is my blood that was shed for you. It's alive. And that's why it sits on a shelf for a period of time. And you're, for that perfect moment in time, that wine 
is opened up. And in that moment is a history moment. That's when they're talking about the year, the vintage, all that stuff. Right. And it says in the scripture that Jesus, uh, at the appointed time, right, became yeah. the sacrifice for us. That's good. And that's the hope for our future. We talked about it on Sunday, but the idea of how we belong to each other, how these seven gifts belong to each other is because of the blood. My finger belongs to my ear because the blood goes to both places and the blood is alive. The blood has oxygen in it. It's taking it to it. And that's what wine is. And so the the word of God, right, the, the, the bread of Jesus and the blood of Jesus are the things that we could keep going back to in our daily walk with him. Um, get yourself in the word, get yourself in, in, in worship and uh, on the, just on, because here's what I want. I want us to be the Romans 12 church, uh, but not just us. I want like the, the, the church in America to be that church. Right. Like you go to most places right now. Um, I think that maybe this would be the thing that would be helpful. Uh, you, you go to a church in Uganda. Like they didn't have any hope of their government helping them. Sure. Like they're like, right. government's going to help us. I mean, it's uh, yesterday was the ten year anniversary of the uh, Haiti earthquake. Um, oh, ten years right. ago, yeah. And I didn't encounter a single Haitian when I was there in the days afterward that were asking, "I wonder where our government is." Mm-hmm. It didn't occur to them. But I'll tell you who was there: the church. Yeah, everywhere. Jesus people. Mark Stewart, man, the lead singer of a rock band, right? Is like got a CB radio hooked to a car battery, landing planes on a landing strip <laughs> in Jacques Mel Haiti because he's the church. Right. I want us to be that church. So these seven gifts coming together, the, the people, if you're the imparter and that's you right now, you want to put your head in the sand, don't. Put your head next to a prophet, put your head next to a discerner, put your head next to the gift of mercy, because together we're going to shape and balance each other and together be the body of Christ together. That's what I want for Conduit Church. That's what I want for our church here. And I know that's what Jesus wants for the church uh, around the world, not just here. So thank you for uh, listening. We appreciate the time that you guys give to us. We want more than anything than for you to have the hope that we have that's in Christ. Um, remember, Nero, Britannica, Claudius, you can go pay to see their graves. Some of them you can see for free because they weren't even famous enough, so their graves are free. Right. You go to see the grave of Jesus, and it's empty because he's still alive. He's outlasted the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire. He'll outlast the United States Empire, mm-hmm. the China Empire. These things are fun to talk about maybe, but man, they're going to be here. And one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord. And I want you to have that hope. Uh, we would love to pray with you if you are uh, in a period of fear right now. If you maybe don't have that relationship with him, you can email us info at conduitchurch.com. Info at conduitchurch.com. We are grateful. We don't take it for granted that you spend an hour of your week listening to Mo and I, you know, and whoever else we, we wander in here with. We're so grateful for it. Um, conduitchurch.com. We hope we'll see you on Sunday if you're in the Nashville area. And if not, you know you can find us uh, on the live stream at 10 a.m. every week as well. So thanks for this week. And we will either see you this Sunday or catch you next week on our deeper podcast. 